This show is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. Head over to the Den Dot Show for other great podcasts. You little shit! Do you know what you've done? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Deluxe Edition. It's me, Bill Seabald, here as always with Mr. Casey Shearer. How are you today, sir? Good, Bill. How are you, buddy? Good. I got to change the beginning again. I say here as always, and I don't think we've actually done many <laughs> shows this summer together. This might be only the second one we've done. Yeah. It's good to see you. What's new? Nah, not much. I mean, uh, we we are on a consist- consistent uh, schedule now, regular schedule, but... Uh, I I did record. There's a couple side shows I have coming out. I recorded one with my uh, little nephew uh, that was down here in Florida on vacation. It's Ben's top ten superheroes. It's a quick uh, twenty minute uh, episode. Actually, Kara, the uh, the one that we had on for the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Yeah, it's her son. He was son. like, I I want to be on a podcast like you, mom. <laughs> so I was like, All right, I can't tell, can't say no. So. I hope it's like number one, he chooses Stripperella, you know, like something really <laughs> obscure and filthy. Remember there was a Stripperella ca- uh, cartoon that Stan Lee put out for like a hot second? What happened to that damn show? I don't know. Was that a show? I remember the comic book. I don't remember it being a show. Oh, I remember it being a cartoon. Maybe it was a comic. I, I, I oh, feel really? like, yeah, because Pamela Anderson played Stripper. Maybe I'm dreaming all this. I don't know. She did yeah, so no, many things. Right. Am I right? Was it Pam? Yeah, Lane? you're right. Yeah, yeah. I remember Barbed Wire. Remember that movie? Yes. Barbed Wire. <laughs> oh, poor. Where's Pamela now? What is she doing now? Last I saw her, she was in that. Yeah, she. Oh, what? Does she not look. Uh, well, come on, man. What do you expect? You think she's going to stay looking like Baywatch Pamela Anderson forever? We get old. We get yeah, old. You're going to get old too one day. I just feel so bad for like the the women in Hollywood that really like. I mean, they're trying so hard to keep up with that appearance that it just the plastic surgery takes a horrible turn at some point in their life. And like, yeah. if you see a picture of Pamela Anderson now, it's like, are you sure that's the same person? Oh, it's one of those, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like they hit. I don't even know like how it happens, but I think I remember seeing like Melanie Griffith one day. All of a sudden she's normal. The next day, poof, like her face. Yeah. Blew up. yeah I don't know. That's what another one. Out. But it, yeah. it seems like there's, is it old age that the, the plastic surgery just gives up and just kind of explodes on them? I mean, was, was this not figured out the days when they were pumping their lips back in the nineties and they're like, oh, right. <laughs> we're, we're back when we're 80. <laughs> oh shit. It's like an airbag on their face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing against it. I mean, if, if you know, teach their own, but some of them, they just go, I think uh, way too far with it. You know, I don't think I, I just got to think that <laughs> they didn't mean for it to go that South. Like sometimes there's just no way. Like I, I don't want to beat up anybody, but you know, I'm, I'm assuming what Pamela Anderson looks like is is the way I, I'm seeing some of these other celebrities, and it's just like there's no way you wanted that. There's right. just no way you wanted that. But look, you know, Ben, look, look, I don't look good. You're making me do this damn video shit. I drove back from vacation. My hair's all <laughs> fucked up. It's been in a hat all day. I'm all puffy from fucking eating and drinking. You know, I have to worry about looking good and, and aging disgracefully too, man. Come on. Bill's gonna be getting some plastic surgery here very soon. You gotta get some dip. for our video. I told you I didn't want to do this goddamn video. <laughs> My cheeks are so fat. I got a cheek job. <laughs> ah! Now when I'm older, it's gonna boom, explode like an airbag. And then another podcast is gonna make fun of me, like we're making fun of. Them. 
Nah, we're not making fun of anyone. Yeah. Well, today's topic is actually, and we'll, you got a message before we jump in, but today's topic is a kind of a cool one. So, so Casey reached out to the group and, and, you know, we've been kicking around these ideas. We have this worksheet that we work on and some topics get kicked to the back. <laughs> we got a few that just we never get to. So Casey asked the group and somebody came back and said, oh, we'd like to hear about your five favorite movie series. Oh, that's a good one. And I'm like, Casey, we, that's, we ought to ask the listeners what they want us to talk about more. And I'm thinking, yeah. why don't we give them, because we used to have, uh, we still do. We have an email address. If you go to deluxeedition.show, you can always send us mail there. The mail stopped coming because I forgot to, to remind you because I'm an old person with a bad memory. But you can always leave us notes there. But then I'm thinking, what, what's a way to make it easier, Casey? I'm like, I, I'm asking people, like, well, what do you do? They're like, Discord server. The fuck is a Discord? I'm not even going to try to figure out a Discord. I'm sure it's nothing more than just a social media site, but I'm not getting anything called a Discord server. And I'm like, how would people, because, you know, we have very limited stats on this show. We don't really know too much about our users. YouTube tells us you're all 40-year-old men, but I don't know if that's totally true. But if it is, 40-year-old men like me like texting. So here you go. If you want to contact us, here's my phone number. I'm going to give it out over the show. Over the show. Uh, my first idea was to give out Casey's number, but now he's panicking. He's like, you're going to give out my number. No, 484 857 is my fucking phone number. Text me some fucking ideas. Text them to me. That's the only way we, we operate. Blow like, him up. Don't call him. Oh, don't call. I won't answer. But you can text me all day long. Like, I don't know anybody in my age group who does anything but text. So I figured that must be the way. Yeah. Yeah, I try to call Bill during the week and... No, I'm too busy. Yeah, I, I love do everything it. on my cell phone. Like, well, then <laughs> fucking pick it up, motherfucker. <laughs> phone rings and Google does that screening. Oh, no, it's Casey. What do I do? And I say, the usual. And it sends you to, to voicemail. And then you send me something like nasty, and I got to listen to it anyway. <laughs> Should have just picked up, Jeez. Yeah, I hate phones. I've always hated phones. But now I hate them more than ever. Just holding this little device, this little brick up to your ear. Can't stand it. Can't stand yeah, it. Because all it brings is chit chat. Like, I only want to use the phone if there's like a, a purpose to use the phone. I don't like chit chat right, over right. a device. It just annoys the shit out of me. Meanwhile, we're doing a show about chit chat through a device. I am a giant fucking hypocrite. <laughs> all right, Bill, let's get into the show. Enough, enough of the chit chat. All right. Enough of the chit. Very quickly, I have some plugs. Okay. Uh, Go to, I'm not going to do them all. You know where to find us. If you're listening to the show, tell your friends, please. But also go to podcastawards.com. Vote for us. We're in the people's choice category and we are in the TV and film category because we talk about TV and film. So Bill, before we get into the show today, I have a news category that came across my feed today and I want your opinion on it. Um, so you're like the news person. Yeah. <laughs> by the time this, by the time this show comes out, it might be old news. But <laughs> Kirk Douglas passes away. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fun to uh, get your uh, your thoughts on it. So you know about the WWF being in the the news lately about Vince McMahon and the, all the lawsuits with the the hush money that he paid to uh, the women for the. Uh, sexual relationships that he had with uh employees at wwe i know there's some shit going on i don't have any clue what the details are 
Right. I don't know the details of all that either. I've I've always, well, not always. I've known within the last couple of years that Vince, you know, is a real piece of shit. This is a this is a lawsuit that the WWE is being hit with that a lot of people might not know about. And uh, I want your thoughts on this one. It's by a tattoo artist, Catherine Alexander. Her lawsuit is set to go before the Southern District of Illinois on September 26th. The suit that was initially filed in 2018. The suit alleges that her tattoo work on wrestler Randy Orton are her original designs. She says that she owns those designs and never gave permission to recreate them in licensed WWE video games, and thus their inclusion is infringing on her copyright. Mm. What do you think about that? I don't fucking know what to say about that. Wow, that's a reach. Right? That's a damn reach. But you know what? Some some judge somewhere will go, oh, yeah, I guess you got a point. $50 million to you. And then it's going to just open the doors to every other tattoo artist going after any other celebrity where they put some kind of artwork on them and it showed up on screen. Interesting. Yeah. It's just, I, I mean, personally, I think it's ridiculous. I don't think that there's, I mean... I don't know. I have tattoos. If I was in a video game, like would Yorma Kalkinen, you know, the the guy whose album cover this is, like would would he be offended? Like she should be happy that her artwork is being exposed to that many people. Like if it's in a fucking video game, first of all. So like I don't know. I've seen I play video games. I can't see like what the tattoos are on the characters that are in the games, like you can't really pick out what the tattoos are. They just look like a bushy thumbprint. Right. But isn't every tattoo a, a homegrown? I mean, pretty much every tattoo is a homemade by the artist tattoo, unless you go in and draw it, you know, beforehand and they just sketch and redraw it. So every tattoo that ever showed up in any form of entertainment is therefore now subject to royalties. No, that's stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. Has anyone ever done this before? Because this can't be the first time some nitwit thought of this. Yeah, I don't know. One thing I do know is like I have I have friends personally that wrestled for a company now that Vince McMahon now owns, ECW, and footage of them, of my friends, is on the network, on the WWE network. They've never been paid for royalties for any of their things being on the network. They've never been asked if their matches, if their former matches could be put on the network. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the back of some show that was taped one day at LA about 15 years ago. I walked by with some Carla Gugino, Gugino, whatever her name is, some show that she was in. I don't remember the name of it. I walked by. I was like, was I in it? She's like, yeah. You're like, oh. And as I'm watching, I'm like, there you go way in the background never got a royalty never got a fucking dime hey you know what though you do have an imdb page now you could add that <laughs> as a credit yeah but right now i got that big goose egg look, like headshot i haven't <laughs> uploaded a new picture yet so i was like do i really have one if i don't want to put my ugly mug up on there yeah well i don't know that's pretty weird yeah. You got to let me know how that ends. That'll probably take about 20 more years to end because, you know, all lawsuits now seem to. Except the Johnny uh, Depp and Amber Heard one. That that one ended pretty damn fast. But every other lawsuit in the damn universe seems to take just eons and eons to finish. 
I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing finished quickly. Well, not that quickly. I mean, it took a couple, like two months, right? But still, it's still ongoing. Every day in the news, I see something about Amber Heard trying to do this and Johnny Depp gave the money for this. And like, it's, they're still in the news constantly. Oh, really? See, I haven't yeah. heard anything. Really? Like, after that whole period when I was watching it, once it was over, the news stopped coming. Like, we actually, st- you know, we were talking about doing a part two with Karen. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, here's the verdict. It was like, what? We wanted to keep this show going, but no, you already fucking figured out who's the good guy and bad guy. Right. No time at all. Well, isn't part of like uh, living in America, you get your, your, you have the right to a swift but fair legal yeah. process. So what happened to swift? Some of these fucking court cases take forever. So long. All right, see ya. Wow, <laughs> wow. All right, why don't we? Do we have any other uh, plugs, or can we just switch right into our show? Mm-hmm. Main topic, I mean, our main topic, our show's main topic is what I'm really trying to say. It's been a long weekend. Yeah, one. Well, one last plug. Uh, we are a part of the Deluxe Edition Network, and the podcast of the month this month is the Return of the Living Flat. Check him out. He's a YouTube exclusive show. He does uh, horror reviews, movie reviews, game reviews, unboxings, a lot of uh, interviews, and uh, just a really great dude. Check him out. I was watching his show, and it was like, remember how the Brady Bunch was those, like, grids? Yeah. And they would all talk. Like, it, it's the, it's like haunted Brady Bunch, because they're all talking about horror. They're in that kind of, like, Zoom yep. grid format. I like that. <laughs> it's just, yeah. that's all. That's all I had to say. Yeah, Kyle's got Brady Bunch. He's been great in getting some a lot of great guests. He had uh, someone from Nancy Ann Ritter. She was in Scream. He gets a lot of uh, a lot of actors and uh, writers and a lot of up and coming actors. Also, he's he's had our friend Amber on a few times. Yeah, yeah. The the gory Brady bunch over there. Yep. <laughs> Previously called uh, Flet Lives. Yep. Uh, yeah. He was. Uh, yep. He was called Flet Lives. Now he's the return of the living Flet. He uh, he gets I don't know his channel got wiped out before well, uh, completely yeah. wiped out. Oh, Not sure what happened. happened. The Russians? I think team? I think the Russians might have got him. Yeah, he is from <laughs> Canada, so maybe it was um Fletch. Maybe it was Chevy Chase. Ah like, oh, man, that guy's getting too much fame. He's going to erase Fletch. Everyone's going to think it's Flet. Diving into Fletch, that that takes us into our. <laughs> Into our topic, what is considered a movie franchise? I think anything that's got any kind of series, right? If a movie is a brand, the characters, the you know, the the story, if everything creates that brand, and then they take that brand and they take those characters and everything that was you know previously conceived and build upon that, that's what I think a franchise is. I think you can have two in a franchise, you can have fifty in a franchise. I guess it make does make sense to say you can have two in a franchise, but I think it I think you know Top Gun One and Top Gun Two, that's a franchise. Isn't that called a franchise? Is it? See that's where know. that's where I was, that's, that's where I was confused because uh some on on our podcast or on our Facebook group today I posted about uh what are some of your favorite movie franchises at, to our group. And we got a lot of uh, great feedback, which I'll go over at the end, but someone mentioned that I would, I was l- waiting for someone to say Fletch because I'm a big Chevy Chase fan. I'd love Fletch, but I personally wouldn't consider Fletch to be a franchise. 
because it's only two movies. I think personally, this is my take on it. I think a fr- it's a franchise after you hit four movies. I mean, there's probably a definition out there, but you, you're just going to say my take. This is this is my definition. You yeah, have your definition universe. I'm going to have my definition. And my reasoning for that is, you have the the number the first movie, right? Then there's a sequel. And if you have three, that's called a trilogy. But what's after that? A franchise. Hmm. This is a terrible definition. A film franchise is a collection of related films in succession that share the same fictional universe or market it as a series. But there is no number as to how many. Guess what? We'll never fucking know. It hasn't been defined. All right. It's going to... Universe, as we usually do on this show, we are defining new terms for everybody to follow. So by definition, in this game and going forward, to be a franchise, you must be a minimum, minimum of four films. Four films. Four, Bam. Three, Bam. three if you ask Casey. If Casey, if you could find no. a way to get Casey. No, oh, he, he won't budge on this. Three movies is a trilogy. Four is a franchise. Four okay. is a franchise. <laughs> You know what? That actually works for everyone that I pick. There's uh, there's more than three. So, all right. I'm still within rules of the the parameters of the game. All right. Well, who's going to go first? You go ahead. All right, you turkey jerker. I will go first and I will pick. I will say the the, the first one on my list and, and all five of these franchises, uh, there's no order here. I just wrote them down the way I uh, I thought of them. And I think this is going to be everybody's but yours. It's going to be on everybody's list but yours, but Star Wars. Casey, I don't know how. I don't know how we're doing a pop culture show and you don't like Star Wars. Like, I just, it doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem possible that you don't like Star Wars. It's okay. But what, what do you, what doesn't draw you in? What repels you? Why don't you invest in Star Wars? It's not real. It could not happen. like this goes back to my prior thinking of when I didn't like Star Wars. You know, I'm I'm open to watching the Star Wars movies. It's just that like we we've talked about before. There's just so much now. Like uh, it's just it's keeps getting pushed back. It was just a fantasy to me. Like I I was never in that I didn't like that fantasy world. Like that just wasn't it never appealed to me. I always liked what about like, any sci-fi? Was it sci-fi in general that you growing were growing up? Growing up, no, I wasn't. I wasn't into any sci-fi. It wasn't like that. Just wasn't anything I was into. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was when when the movies came out and just the explosion that the the world faced when these movies just you know lit on fire and then you know I was of that age where the first one I was too young to know what the fuck was going on. So I was aware of the second one when the second one came out. I could tell the fanfare was huge and. By the time the third one came out, I was full on hooked. You know, I spent a billion dollars on every one of those little Kenner toys. You know, I was sending away for the toys that they hadn't even manufactured yet, but were promising to like every character started to become something that would continue their, the the adventure in my imagination, man. It was like great to have so many toys, but it was an obvious like cash, you know, merchandising grab that had never been done before, but it was right there. It's like, let's make tons and tons of toys and just made us kids love the universe more so when those first three movies were done you know we've been sitting here waiting 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 for another one then they made those prequels 
So George Lucas decided to come back. See, George Lucas produced everything and he created the the universe with the first movie. Okay. The script wasn't exactly the way he intended it, had to sort of commercialize it, turned it into this nice little tied up well type type of fairy tale. And then he was like, well, there's more story here. I can tell the beginning. So that's what the prequels were. And this time he comes back and he's like, I'm going to do all three movies. Um, he didn't do the, the, the second. I don't think he did. He direct the third. I can't remember. He might've just produced have been heavily involved type of thing. So he says, now I'm going to do all three of these prequel movies. And instead of this nice little fairy tale kind of thing that the, the movies were in the beginning, he would always say, it's really a soap opera in space. And he talks like that. He talks like fucking Kermit the Frog. I'm George Lucas and it's really a soap opera in space. But he, you know, he, he now is making a series of movies about how everybody got to where they got to in Star Wars. And the connections were really cool. And there weren't really movies doing that kind of reconnecting to the universe with a new series. So the prequels came out and they were all digital. So they didn't look anything like the first movie. So we were a little bit like, it doesn't have the same feel. Some dumb actors, some terrible scripts. The lines were just terrible. The, the story was absolutely convoluted. So we didn't love the prequels. We were pissed because we didn't get the Star Wars that we wanted. In time, the prequels kind of aged well on us. I, I think we, you know, we we warmed up to them. But then that third chunk of movies came out, the the Skywalker saga, the ones that came out, you know, in our last 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is what sucks. So it was all of a sudden, it was like, let's buy Star Wars from from Lucas, Disney saying this. Lucas goes, all right, and and kind of passes over. Here's what I, you know, would envision for the next series of star wars and you know of course you made the whole universe of course it makes sense that you would do the next series and then what happened is is there's a producer there named kathleen kennedy and she's been part of george lucas's productions and just you know everything over there at lucas uh film forever she was kind of granted the um or uh, uh, what i don't know she's a producer who's always been every time I, I see her name it's tied to star wars in some way so they said hey you know what it's time you now own this franchise and she said all right here's what we're going to do we're going to kill off the main characters to reintroduce new characters to the world. And it was like, oh, see, that's a dangerous thing. If you start killing off the main character, you start killing off Luke and Han Solo and Princess Leia. It's like you're going to really start dividing the audience. And that's exactly what they did. So right away, they kill off Han Solo. Second movie, they kill off Luke Skywalker. The third movie, Princess Leia, I think, died somewhere in there. And it's like, no, <laughs> don't do that to us. So they absolutely destroyed what we had left from the first movie. Everything is now just kind of broken. Even Mark Hamill's like, man, that sucked. That sucked what they did to me. This ain't, this sucks. That is not the way I thought Mark Hamill or Luke Skywalker was going to grow up. But what's happening now with all the TV shows and some of these side movies, even though that thread of movies kind of sucks, these side shows are picking up on, you know, things that the movies, like the little things in the background of those movies and building storylines around them. And they have cartoons that do this. They have things on that Disney Plus. So talk about like you have a lot to watch to keep up on everything. But yeah, you do. You really have to study this shit. And there's a, there's still a lot of cartoons and video games. Some of the video games now have storylines that work their way into other shows. Jesus so, Christ. Now that has made me start to like the series again. Like, okay, you might have, you know, kind of changed Boba Fett on me with this new show and made him kind of, a, you know. A character I, I don't like anymore because he was so badass in Empire Strikes Back. I wanted him to be badass in this show. Most people went, well, that's kind of stupid. Why the fuck would he, you know, his story be that? But I can live with that now. I would have been pissed about it because you took the character before and you you just, but I'm so used to them taking the characters and smearing them like dog shit under their shoe. <laughs> so now I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? Is it? Just 
Now just keep tying things together. I'll enjoy that. So it's all fan service now, and I'm kind of okay with that. The original Star Wars just isn't going to come back because it's just now been so just blown into a massive, massive universe. You can have a billion stories in this universe now. It's not about that one main story. Right. That's that's a pretty cool series. So if someone would want to go and watch the Star Wars franchise, would they have to start? Would you would you still say start at the very beginning? Start watch them in the order that they came out, or is there a way that you should watch them that they all line up? Do you know, this is a controversial question, and it's always a controversial answer because every Star Wars fan is strongly opinionated on this one. I think you have to watch them the way they were created because part of the way they were created and the tone and the and the style, you have to sort of understand. You know, you know, it was the seventies, right? It was the seventies and early eighties, and that created a lot of the tone. You know, a lot of the feeling that that whole Star Wars universe gives us. So by starting there, I don't know, you, you explore it and understand it the way that I sort of explored it and understood it. And was the, it was the way it was building and unfolding. So even though the stories are out of order, the movie series still should be watched the way it was built. That's what okay. I think. And because sure. I think it, it is law. Law. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> the new law. <laughs> Anything else? Anybody need change? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Make weed legal in PA. You got it. <laughs> I mean, the crew right now working over at, at, at Disney, even though there's people, you know, in charge of the movie part. Uh, Dave Filoni is this dude. He's kind of like he's the guy who knows everything about Star Wars and he ties it all together. And um, John Favreau, remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a big part of Disney now. Like he's building a lot of that Disney Plus universe. So he's not really involved in the movies. He's now on the TV side. Oh, really? He works yeah. directly for Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's what he's been into lately. So, you know, the things that he's involved in, they come out pretty good sometimes, usually. Yeah. Well, that's that's what happens when a fan works on the stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot better than, I mean, we've, we've talked to some of these guys, you know, talk about like the producers who get involved and just business people. They aren't actually fans of the, of the material. They don't right. really understand how this stuff works. Right. But they're like, no one in my way. I got the money. Right. Well, that's the same way we're, you know, tie it back into the wrestling business a little bit. That's the same way what happened with WWE. They bring in writers, actual like writers from Disney, from, you know, big production companies that they're told to write these storylines, but they're not fans of the product. So like, they don't like they're, they're writing storylines that don't go with wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's why I like AEW so, so much because the storylines and every, like everything that you see is done by the wrestlers or through Tony Khan, who is a huge fan of the product. Who's the owner. You know what I mean? So like, he's not trying to, come up with you know goofy storylines and if they do come up with a goofy storyline and it doesn't work they'll scrap it you know it'll be gone the next week like they they will it will just be erased from the memory you know you'll never see it again hey whatever happened to that arm the broken arm on joe schmo well it healed miraculously nobody talks about it right the storyline wasn't working (laughs) exactly 
All right, Bill, you want to do start starting uh, with mine? Yeah, I'm starting with yours. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna start with uh, Rocky, the Rocky mm-hmm. franchise. Now this ties into you know me liking things that could actually happen. Although the, some of the fight scenes, you know, are a little ridiculous, but you know, once again, being from Philadelphia, well, we live in Pennsylvania, so the the underdog from Philadelphia. Do you have any idea where you live? You don't live in Pennsylvania. You live in Florida now. <laughs> but I'm from Pennsylvania. I lived in Pennsylvania most of my life and not far from Philadelphia. So I just always loved the, uh, you know, that story. And then, you know, of course, Hulk Hogan comes into the, the situation in number three. I was a big fan of Mr. T when I was a kid. I had like all the Mr. T dolls and all, all kinds of shit like that and he was in number three he played clubber lang i have a lot of uh things here that a lot of people might not know about this series i wrote down some fun facts and uh also i just love how sylvester stallone after the the rocky series ended then he started with creed again he wrote creed and now that's also you know part of the franchise how it's still continuing on the legacy of Rocky, you know? Yeah. I love all the Rocky movies, even the shittiest Rocky movie, but I haven't seen a Creed movie yet. Oh, really? They're really yeah. good. I know. I keep eating to see them. I just keep forgetting to see them. Yeah. They're really, really, really good. Did they do three there's, of them? No, there's two of them so far. Is there a third working? I think there might be. Yeah. Yeah. I think there might be. So uh, here's some, just some uh, fun facts about the movie. Sylvester Stallone, who wrote the movie, he had $106 in the bank at the time that he wrote the movie. Uh, He wrote the movie in 84 hours using a pad and a pen to write the entire first draft. In his original version, Adrian was Jewish, Mickey was a racist, and the Pauly character was actually Adrian's Jewish mother, uh, Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. That's where he was from in Philadelphia. I mean, that's probably right. Right. <laughs> Paulie's character was supposed to be Adrian's mother. Apollo Creed was supposed to be J- uh, Jamaican. And the script ended with Rocky throwing the fight and opening a pet store for Adrian with the money he made. Really? Yeah. Remember, he worked. Didn't she work at a pet store when, when he first met her? Maybe. I forget. I'm almost positive. So that was still that was still in there. How could throwing the fight have been a good ending? Well, if he, well, it wouldn't have been a good ending. The, the the good ending, I think, would have been the, you know, that he made the money for his his girlfriend. That that I mean, that's had to be what he was thinking. You know, terrible. Oof. <laughs> Let's yeah. Thank God that never happened. Yeah. United Artists offered Sly up to three hundred and forty thousand dollars to sell them the rights to the screenplay if he agreed not to star in the movie. Really? Yeah, they did not want him in the movie. The budget of the movie was then lowered to $1 million, and the studio was no longer allowed to keep him from starring. So he only made, uh, he was paid $20,000 for the script and a SAG minimum of $350 a week for acting. Yeah. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. It's crazy to think, like, (laughs) that movie, as big as it was, was Made the guy no money. Yeah. 
Um, so he was supposed to die at the end of Rocky Five. It's it's reported that he was actually crying during the the writing of the death of his character, um, and it was all for no reason because two weeks into filming, uh, Advilson, he was the was it John Advilson? He's the one that did the Karate Kid. Um, I don't know. I don't know that name. Uh, Is that who directed it? Yeah. He came back to direct Rocky Five after Stallone directed parts two, three, and four and was told by a studio executive that Rocky Balboa, like Batman, Superman, James Bond, could never die. So. Okay. <laughs> He's immortal. You heard it from uh, here first, first folks. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky, Rocky killed. made into law once again so uh this is pretty cool the female red-eared sliders the turtles remember the turtles from the first one no you don't remember the red-eared sliders he had red-eared sliders for rocky (laughs) no i don't remember the turtle okay they were the exact same turtles uh in the 2006 rocky balboa movie they are actually his pet turtles wow yeah that's a weird piece of trivia you know what i should put my turtles back in that's a great (laughs) easter egg everyone's gonna catch that one what the fuck tie him back into the wrestling Hulk Hogan, he was fired from the WWF for taking the role of Thunderlips for Rocky uh, three, oh, really? because sure. at the time it was what they call, we talked about this on the show before, kayfabe. So like in that movie, I, I think that his fight at the end, like it, it's stated that it was a pub- publicity thing. Yeah. Right. And they posed for pictures and all that shit at the end of the, the fight, the whatever, and Vince McMahon Sr. was the owner of the WWF at that time, and he fired uh, Hogan for that. Why? because Just because they, like, he was on Johnny Carson after that. Like, they didn't they didn't do appearances and stuff like that. Like, Carson, like, because Carson, I watched the appearance the other day. Carson asked him, you know, so is, is wrestling, is it real? Or is it, because, you know, some of that, some of that stuff in that movie, and Hogan was like, you want me to show you, you know, like trying to act like it was still real, but yeah. Yeah. You know, they were, they had a, uh, David Letterman was on one of the um, stern best of shows the other day. And he was talking about the, the Jeffrey Lawler and, and uh, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Lawler and um, oh, Andy Kaufman, Andy Kaufman fight. Yeah. And Stern goes, man, did that freak you out? Like he goes, well, I knew it was coming. They told me. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, I was I was in on the whole thing. He goes, that was the great thing about Andy. He would always kind of tell me, he's like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. When the guy slaps me, don't worry, I'm I'm ready for it. Just send me the hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> he <would> say. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that that was all. Yeah. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, no, you I knew that. Yep. Yeah, that was they. They actually brought that out in that movie, The Man on the Moon. Oh yeah, the, the one where Jim Carrey played uh, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, I should watch that again. Yeah, that, Jerry Jerry Lawler actually reprises his role as Jerry Lawler in that movie. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> do they talk about how it was faked and staged, or did they sort of they gloss over that? show them like they show them backstage, like behind the scenes? Yeah, like, like talking powerful. about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! All right, well, I thought I discovered something the other day. I was like, <laughs> oh wow, that's amazing! Nah, it's already been revealed in film. 
10 plus years ago when that movie was made. Yeah. But no, Rocky movies are, are pretty awesome. I, I was I was a big fan of them, too. I'm surprised I didn't think about it for my list. All right. Let me. you have any more for yours? Uh, one other thing just uh, they brought for number, I think it was for number three or number four. I'm not sure. It was one of the movies. They also brought in wrestler Terry Funk to do a lot of the stunt coordinating. He was in Paradise Alley with uh, Rocky, with uh, Sylvester Stallone. It was the first movie that Sylvester Stallone wrote. It was actually a, a pro wrestling movie called Paradise Alley. All right. Terry Funk. Where's Terry yeah. Funk now? Whoever Terry Funk is. The Probably. Funker. He's old, oh. man. Yeah. He's not doing well. Have you been gaying up at a, an old back <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. I went to high school with a kid who was, uh, he was friends with, with Rocky's son in part five. And I was like, his only scene was like laying on the floor with Rocky's kid. He's like, yeah, man, I was in Rocky Five. We're all I'm like, you're badass, dude. That's awesome. We were not in Rocky Five. You're a star. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the the next series that I picked uh, is being one I love. Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth, ladies and gentlemen. So when I was a kid, Friday the Thirteenth scared the shit out of me because it was just something. It was it was this forbidden thing in my imagination because my parents weren't letting me watch this stuff. My imagination was making it a lot more horrible than it was. And I remember going into a uh, you know, I lived in a suburban neighborhood outside of Philadelphia and everybody would run through all the neighborhoods and run through all the yards, the front yards, backyards, stop on anybody's backyard porch and hang out for a little while and then run to another porch. And I remember running into this one uh, family's porch and I looked in and I could see the TV through the screen. And I saw the scene from part three, I think it was, where they chop off the, the head of the woman eating the banana. And I was like, oh my God, I finally <laughs> witnessed some of this. And all it did was like cement this te- more terrifying, you know, thing. Eventually I saw my first horror movie which was Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And I said, oh, okay, that's, I can handle that. I see this is all silliness. And then once I started watching the Friday the 13th, it dawned on me that what I really like about these movies is, to me, they're superhero movies in a way, but they're super villain movies. So it's like every episode has a villain and these new kids show up and they have to become heroes and figure out how to kill the villain. That's really what I like. I don't root for the villain. I mean, I kind of do. You root for the villain to to kick some ass and, and kill the people that, that remind you of the people you hated in high school. And then, you know, cause we're all nerds going to watch horror movies, I guess we get the root for ourselves in the end. Cause we see ourselves in that. Right. But otherwise it's really a, a superhero type movie because it's some supernatural monster. And I don't know, I just kind of got into that. It was like, I d- didn't want the formula to change, but the, one of the reasons I think that whole franchise does really well for me, or it leaves, it leaves such a, a an imprint is kind of the way it was made. I mean, it, it's just, it used the <laughs> the cheapest technology these studios had <laughs> to make movies, right? You were getting these summer blockbusters and you were getting these, you know, terrible <laughs> Friday the 13th movies made in, in people's home pools, right? We, we talked to... Uh, uh, Tommy McLaughlin. Tommy McLaughlin, yeah, and he's talking about how he filmed one of the scenes in, in part six, right, in his dad's backyard <laughs> pool. And it's like, it's so cool. Now knowing that and getting to go back and kind of watch the movies, you get to see it almost in a bird's eye view. You're almost watching the production as you watch the movie. It's just, it's fun. You can't do that with a ton of movies, but you can definitely do it with these. You can see the mistakes all over them. And that just makes it more charming when they tried to do the, the remake. That's I hated the remake. I hated it because it's like, they didn't get the magic of what the the series is. It's, it's that cheesiness. It's that corniness. Even when it got a little, you know, over the top towards the end of the series, it was still within that acceptable range of corniness. When you turn him just to do a killer is unstoppable. It's like, well, you're getting into that murder porn side. It misses the super villain aspect of it all. 
But the original series, absolutely love it. And they haven't made anything in a long time because of the lawsuit. I guess the lawsuit's been settled or is nearly settled. So maybe new Friday the 13th content will come out. But I do worry that it's just going to miss the mark because I think the Friday the 13th universe is a just a it's a statement in time. I don't think it can be remade. I don't think it should be remade. But I know it will be remade because everything gets remade a few more times until it just has absolutely no cash left. Right. Yeah, Jason Voorhees is like uh, Rocky and Batman and yeah. all the same people. He cannot die. Nope. He's on my list, too. Friday the 13th is on my list, too. Um, I I more recently than you, obviously, got into this series. We talked about this before with uh, Tommy McLaughlin. We had C.J. Graham on. We also had uh, John Shepard on, who played Tommy Jarvis. So, yeah, I, I once again, I have some fun facts for each one of my franchises because some of the some of these franchises that I have on my list, we talked about a hundred times. You know what I mean? So I just did something different with uh, these fun facts that a lot of people might not have heard about. Victor Miller, he's the, the guy that wrote it, was supposed to be on our show. No show, Victor Miller. Um, he originally came up with something else in the spring of 1979. He was calling the film long night at camp blood. Mm. Did you know that? No. Or if I did, I forgot because I don't like Victor Miller for no showing us. So he's the biggest name in the franchise now after it's over, you know, after everything, Kevin Bacon, he was in the first one, but prior to that, he he really wasn't in a lot. He was in Animal House. At the time of the filming, the biggest name on set was Harry Crosby, and he was the son of the recently deceased legendary Bing Crosby, and he played a character named Bill. 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 I didn't know that. Bing Crosby's kid yep. was the star of Friday the 13th Part 1. Yep. And nobody knows it. Nobody. <laughs> what was what was Bill Crosby's? <laughs> what was Bing's kids' uh, next movie after that? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look that up. Um, I just heard this in a in an interview the other day. Uh, did you know that Tom Savini came up with the idea of Jason jumping out of the water at the end? I do know that. That was Tom Savini's idea because he had just seen the movie Carrie, and with the jump scare at the end, he thought. And then Sean Cunningham said, well, what if we do, you know, we have an idea for part two. He's not a kid in part two. And Tom Savini said, it was just a dream. Just, right. just tell him it's a dream. Yeah. 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 That lawsuit was all around. Well, Jason didn't jump out of the water. You couldn't say he owned it. It's like, damn it. Why did we have that stupid idea at the end of the part right. one? Could have avoided this lawsuit for years. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So another thing about the Friday the 13th franchise that I love is how many different fan films that have come out. Although some of them aren't. We've talked about this before. Some of them aren't the best, but it's just so cool. And it's like this with a lot of movies. There's people, you know, fans of these movies are starting to make films of their own because they love the movies so much. Uh, I was in one. As Jason Voorhees for two kills, Rose Blood. It's a direct sequel to Part Seven. Uh, there's another one 
that's coming out soon, Vengeance 2 with Jason Brooks, the, the guy in the picture. He plays Jason now in the, some of the fan films. Uh, there's another one that I just saw the other day. It's called uh, Voorhees, Night of the Beast. Jason Voorhees is fighting Bigfoot in the movie. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's just really cool to see that there's, uh, you know, all this different stuff that's uh, coming out. Aren't you in that? You know, you're in that new one, right? No. The the porno one? Yeah. Jason does Dallas. I thought you were playing Jason. <laughs> now somebody told me you were. Did you know that only three of the films are actually set on Friday the 13th? No. Which ones? Yep. Uh, so in the entire franchise, only part one, part two, and the remake uh, mention that the occurrences of, in the film take place on the 13th. Part three takes place on a Saturday, the 14th. Part five, no, part four takes place on Sunday and Monday. And after that, it seems like the they just pretty much gave up. Like, they don't even mention anything. But five of the films actually had a Friday the 13th release date. All right. They tried. Cool. They tried. Could, <laughs> could you imagine if they were, like, naming the sequels after the date? Monday the 16th. Jason lived. <laughs> Tuesday the seventeenth, the <laughs> final chapter. Uh, just two more, two more things here, real quick. Uh, over ten actors have played Jason, or ten. There's ten different actors have played Jason in in the twelve movies, and despite not appearing on camera since 1988, in 1992, MTV gave Jason Voorhees a Lifetime Achievement Award. Dennis Miller phrased it, having a lasting impact on the art form of cinema. Uh, He was the first of only three fictional characters to be presented the award. Godzilla and Chewbacca are the others. And this is awesome trivia right here. Do you know who accepted the award as Jason Voorhees, who was under the mask? Kane Hodder. Our boy Keen Hunter. You were you in the costume? Who did it? John Lovitz. <laughs> ah, that's great. So he came out a little short with a beer belly. <laughs> How awesome is that? That's pretty good. That's funny. All right. I had a feeling we were gonna both pick Friday the thirteenth. All right, looking at the time here, we're going to move it on to... Oh, I, all right, so I put Cheech and Chong series. I love the Cheech and Chong series. Great call. Yeah, I love it. And I, 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 as a kid, it was just like snapshots of films that I saw just catching late night you know, cable TV. And I was never able to put it together as to what each movie was, how they all fit in. Until probably, until pandemic, my wife and I went through it and we watched every one of the series all the way up to... Uh, yellow beard we saw their part and we we're like i can't finish yellow beard this one's terrible but it was a, it was fascinating because you you basically saw um and, and these guys were making a movie a year like they were just cranking them out and in hindsight you know i would always think these movies were just bigger than life massive productions and and to see these guys kind of just hacking these movies together not giant productions right and just like fucking mailing it in and it works because right? it's just it's just crazy. It's just like it, it went from being um, the first one, which I love. The first one is a, 
Up and Smoke. Up and Smoke is like, it's a great movie. It's a well shot movie. It's an interestingly shot movie. The pacing is interesting. You're just watching these kind of bubbling, bumbling, bubbling. They're bubbling. They're, they're blowing, uh, they're sucking through their, their bong water. No, they're, they're, they're potheads, but it's like the first time you've ever seen pothead jokes. At least I've ever seen pothead jokes. So now suddenly it's like these bumbling guys, pothead guys. You've seen this trope a million times since. Right, dude, where's my car? You know, like all these things, uh, uh, Harold and Kumar, like they started all of that. And then the, the, and I love the first movie. I will watch that anytime. That's one of the movies that when it's on, I watch it. I even listen to the soundtrack. I love that first movie so much. And then the second one was like, all right, we're going to try being, you know, a little bit different. We're going to try like, we're not the hippies. We're, we're more of a rock and roll guy, you know? And then the third one was like, all right, we're going to try being a little bit more like a sex comedy. Then the next one was like, we're going to be a road comedy around the country because maybe Cannonball Run was out at that time and everybody was into that kind of thing. So it's like every movie had a little bit of a, of a, of a twist. And one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done is when we talked to Tommy Chong because I, I wanted to get more information about like, you know, how do you make these movies? Cause Tommy was really making these and it's like dude you don't know how to make a movie all of a sudden you're the biggest name in the world and you're like all right i'll take the next one no problem but he even had like a lot to do with filming the first movie like yeah. the first movie. that takes guts you don't know what you're doing oh all right i'll, I'll make the movie yeah. and then next thing you know you're the biggest name in the world and you're making your own movies. it's crazy but it's a i mean i'm telling you grab a weekend you, you binge everybody binges all these goddamn things go binge all the uh cheech and jog movies just go back to that day uh, at that time go back to the early and mid 80s just go back and remember how much fun it used to be changing motherfucking job yeah great great series I, I can't yeah i can't believe i didn't think of that one yeah but like you said when we had uh tom scared on he was talking about how a lot of that was just ad-libbed like they were just hanging out and started shooting and this is where you get yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. nothing was written down it's just like they were rolling the camera and this that's what they got and now you can kind of tell, right? Yeah. But it's like when you saw uh, Tom scared in that motorcycle when he was having his, his Vietnam flashbacks and right, Cheech is in the sidecar reading the, the reading the comics or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> just watching the reaction because you know, like you said, it was improvised, yeah. but it was just they were great. It was the greatest scene, and to them, they're just so funny, naturally funny. They were like, all right, that's good enough. Yeah. But then they they made scenes that like we will never forget, and they just yeah, it's good enough. All right, McDonald's, yeah. <laughs> what's next on the shoot list <laughs> nothing to do yeah, yeah good good call very good call on that All right, what do you got next on my list bill is the batman franchise we've talked about batman a lot did you know i'm just gonna go right into the, the fun facts did you know that jack nicholson was always the first choice to play the the first joker in the 89 batman Although some other people were considered for the role, such as Tim Curry, Willem Dafoe, David Bowie, Robin Williams, and James Woods. Hmm. They could have all worked. I don't know if Robin Williams would have worked. He's he was he would have been a tough pill to swallow. Right? If you yeah, already Robin- have a comedian doing Batman and then you have a comedian doing the Joker. Right. I don't know. That might have been tough, but could have worked. Right. There was a lot of controversy over Michael Keaton playing Batman. Right. They got, I, th- I forget, I, I didn't write that one down, but I forget. They got, I think, like f- close to 500,000, like something ridiculous like that, letters saying that they did not want Michael Ke- Keaton playing Batman. He was a, com- a comedic actor at the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Like I remember we had some local show called Entertainment Tonight. Not Entertainment Tonight. That, that's a more national show, but it was like Philly, something. There was a local show back back when like local TV stations actually had a seven o'clock show. Right? right now, it's all game shows, but but some cities had their own homemade show, and we had one. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember. I just have a, a vision, a memory of this stupid segment where they were just talking to people in Philadelphia. What do you think of Michael Keaton playing Batman? And people were up in arms, and I'm like, "This is a segment. Like, <laughs> it was that big a deal that it made this this daily news show." Yeah, yeah, people were pissed. <laughs> people were pissed as soon as they saw it. They were shut down right away because everybody. Yeah. You yeah, never he heard was, anybody then after go, oh, he was terrible. Yeah, now like today, to till to this day, people are like, Michael Keaton is my Batman. <laughs> you know, like he's like definitive Batman. Law. Stamp it. Um, so for Batman Returns, uh, after the stress of shooting the first Batman, Burton was not keen on making the sequel. He, did, he didn't want to do it. So in order to convince him, Warner Brothers handed him uh, increased creative control. And Burton gave Sam Haim's script to Heather's writer, Daniel Waters, with the instruction to cleanse the script of all signs that Batman Returns is a sequel. That included removing Vicky Vale, deleting revelations about Jack Napier, and also scrapping mentions of the Batwing scraps being sold as souvenirs in Gotham. Uh, we had talked about this before, but I didn't know about it until now, until I just read that. We had talked about it before. Like You don't even realize that they're a continuation of the first one, but they, they are in the you know in the timeline they are supposed to be sequels but now now reading this he didn't want it to he didn't want it to seem like a sequel yeah well how did he think that was going to change yeah batman looks the same but we don't want it to look like a sequel right michael keaton is going to play batman but we don't want it to be a sequel right it's going to ha- take place in gotham city that's going to look exactly the same not a sequel yeah i don't know do you know who sean young is yeah. She really wanted to be Catwoman. Yeah, I heard. So I heard she, she showed up. You know, yeah. you know this story? She made her own suit and showed up to Tim Burton's office demanding an audition. And he actually later admitted in a, an interview that he was hiding behind his desk so he did not have to see her. He denied her audition. She prowled around the studio with the, the lot with a personal camera crew documenting the entire affair. She later appeared on the Joan Rivers talk show in costume. Uh, I thought it would work to be aggressive in the sense that that's what Catwoman would have done, she said, but it didn't. Yeah, it didn't work. How about it? They they love when people come in for a, a casting audition and <laughs> yeah. start climbing the ceilings and lifting their legs and peeing on the plants. They they right. they love when people are unruly. Jeez. They're so tired of people coming in, being respectful, and waiting for their turn in line and just, you know, doing the thing and leaving. They're sick of that. Yeah. What else was she in? I don't know. Who is she? She's in Blade Runner. Okay. Right. She was in, oh, she's um, Finkel and Einhorn. <laughs> she's uh, she's from uh, Ace Ventura. Oh, she is she Einhorn? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's fucking crazy. <laughs> and then, I don't know that she's been in anything else. I haven't seen her in anything. Oh, my God. All right, here's a here's a fun fun little tidbit of knowledge. 
when Val Kilmer got the call to be Batman, he was inside of a cave of bats in Africa researching another role, an unrelated role. Man bat. Man bat. Straight to, straight to v- VHS. <laughs> Is one of those copies. His star uh, wasn't doing very well, so he got man bat. <laughs> Here's a very controversial thing that I didn't know about. Uh, in Joel Schumacher's version of Batman Forever, adding nipples to the bat suit was very controversial. Also, Jim Carrey said that the nipples pissed off Bob Kane, who was the creator of Batman, who worked as a consultant on the film. But Joel, Joel, Joel Schumacher wanted to make it more, look more like a Greek god, like the suit, which had nipples. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't have never seen that one, so I can't say about the suit or not. You wouldn't even notice it if it wasn't for like that one scene where it was like, uh, you know, that tropey thing they do in shows like 18 when they're getting ready. Dan, 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 dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick shot to the putting in the knife in the, in the, in the sheath, you know, and then it's quick shot to tying your headband. They did that with Batman. So it's him putting his boot on, right? Putting his utility belt on and then shoom, zoom in on his nipples for some reason. And then shoom, he puts on his cowl and then he, shoom, he puts on. so it was like, what, 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 what nipples? Yeah. I don't know. I, I did hear people were annoyed by that. It's like, really? I can give a shit. Batman's got nipples. Yeah. I just want to see him doing Batman stuff. Right. Give him a tail if you want. I don't care. <laughs> Give me a good Batman movie. Uh, one last tidbit about Batman. Uh, this is about the Dark Knight. When Christian Bale, he did speak with a bear-like growl while just dressed as Batman, but much of the gravelly effect on his voice was added post-production. Did you know really? that? I hated that voice. Yeah, I, I didn't hated it. I'm the Batman. You sound like you're constipated, dude. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan of the Christian. Well, we've talked Batman to death on this show, but was not a fan of the Christian Bale. Not a fan of Bale. <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm not a fan of you know some of the movies in the franchise, but Batman has always been my favorite uh, superhero. And you know, going back to the the '66 Batman, you know, it's just always a. I just always like Batman because he's just a regular rich dude, you know, who's got cool shit, you know? Well, speaking of superheroes, I'm going to my next one, which is another thing you don't like, which blows me away that you are a fan of pop culture, but Marvel cinematic universe, you can't get into. And I think it's, you've told me before, it's kind of the same reason the star Wars. It's like, it's just too much to sci-fi stuff that I'm not into, but I'm telling you, there's some, there's some gems in there, but you know, the way that they came out and they did Iron Man, right. And then right away they started building out a universe and, and, they were letting these movies sort of build themselves. So there's a, there's a scene in the beginning. Uh, well, actually, the very first movie of the whole series was The Incredible Hulk, right? So that came out. It had Ed Norton playing the Hulk, and it had a uh, – you know what? I fucked this up. That's not right. Iron Man was the first one. Incredible Hulk was the second one, but they had a different actor. But the end of it, right, they had Ed Norton uh, uh, doing the Hulk. Later on, it becomes uh, a different actor um, whose name is Blanking. But he's a, a well-known actor. But what happened at the end of that one was the first secret ending, at least the first secret ending I know of, because all of a sudden Tony Stark, right? They, they had this guy tied up for a bunch of movies, uh, Robert Downey Jr. So they're like, hey, we need you to come in and film the secret ending. So he comes in and he goes, hey, we're going to start the Avengers. You know, and it was like, whoa, this is killer. What a great idea. 
And even at the beginning of, uh, or the end rather of Iron Man one at the end, when everyone was trying to figure out like, well, who is Iron Man? Like Robert Downey Jr. Just does a take where he goes, I'm Iron Man in front of this entire, you know, news, uh, uh, journalists. And I guess the director, right? John Favreau, we talked about earlier went, Oh, that's cool. Why don't we take that? That's great. That, that we'll just throw that in. So they were willing to like play with things at the spur of the moment to try to make these movies work and more interesting. So a movie that's as big and structured as anything that Disney puts together, that's still allowed to be that fluid, I find absolutely fucking fascinating. So as the movies keep on going and now they have TV shows and they have all these things within this universe, I can't even imagine how hard it is for, you know, we're making this movie over here. They're making this movie. They're making this show. They're making this show. How is everything being threaded together the way that it is? Now the shows are coming out on Disney Plus. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but they're still really trying to thread it all together. I, I mean, it's just, it's Star Wars. It's the same thing Star Wars is doing with a universe that was already kind of built and rebuilding it, you know, uh, again, it, it's different than the comics, right? So they get to rebuild this whole new world. It's not the comic versions of Spider-Man. It's a, it's a different version of Spider-Man and, and all those guys. So it's really interesting to watch another world get built. I don't know how I have time for both of these, but I'm just absolutely fascinated. They have, they do the same thing where they tie back the smallest detail from Iron Man two. They mentioned it 12 years later in Eternals. Like they just, they just, they're amazing with how they tie all these things together. They keep you guessing forever at how they're going to tie these things together next. And I, I just, I find that absolutely fun because there's so many Easter eggs in these movies. And when I say many, like 50, 60, 70, like they just chalk them in. Is that a word? Chalk them? Chock full of, they just chock them in. The new word, law. So for that reason, not every every Marvel show works, but you know, just the the the, the sheer force of of what they're doing and, and pushing out into the the marketplace. It's it's nothing that's ever been done before, and I love it. Even when it doesn't yeah. work, it's like you guys are doing something amazing. Keep going, right? I'm afraid they're running out of steam. I don't care about most of the characters that are out. Uh, I heard the Thor movie that just came out isn't very good. So maybe that's bad news for them because Ooh. Thor was a big movie for them. The last Thor is one of the funniest fucking movies I've ever seen. And it's made by the same guy this time and Taika Waititi. It's made by the same guy and and they're saying it's not that good. So I'm like, how long is this Marvel thing going to work? We're on right. like year 12 or 13 now. I mean, they're going to be careful or they're going to burn people out. Same yeah, well, like we talked about, uh, I think on the last episode, they're they're trying to make so much stuff so fast that you know they're running out of ideas. So like they're coming out with Thor, God of Thunder, or whatever the fuck that yeah, it looks terrible. I mean, in my opinion, the commercials that I saw for that movie, it looks terrible. <laughs> One thing I will say about the Marvel universe, uh, I do love how and you mentioned this before in another show, how they're tying things together from one movie how you said like in one movie this building is collapsing and you see it from this view but now in this show you see it you see the exact same thing happening but from the viewpoint of someone else and that that shit like you said to tie all that shit in together like that that you know amazing for one and then the difficulty of it you know like holy shit like are they are they using footage that they had from when they 
filmed it before from another angle or are they filming it exactly the same way again like how are they doing that shit you know it's, you're, yeah you're i remember the scene you're talking about i was i was amazed by it too yeah it's the hawkeye show and it's just yeah. a show and they they rebuild it from scratch so that's all cgi and, and they they're throwing some money into these shows it's crazy how much money they're yeah. putting into these things you know, they could have easily been like, hey, we're going to just scrap that and save $300,000. And, you know, people people remember the the original scene from the original ventures. We don't have to recreate it from a different angle. But it's those touches that I think are, are totally in- impressive. I mean, that's even more impressive now. I mean, you're saying they completely re- redid it, that they're yeah. not using footage that they had from another angle that they used, you know, previously or that they had previously that they didn't use. Yeah, it's a little details. Yeah, that's awesome. all right. What do you got next? We're running out of time. Casey, this is where we got to speed everything up and talk really fast. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You know, getting, I don't care about the time. I care. I'm getting starving. <laughs> starving. I'm getting. How about the hatchet film series? Are you a fan of hatchet? <laughs> the, fan, the franchise? You're not a fan no. of this? I, I saw the first movie and then I was like, okay, that was, that was tropey and that's fun. Why not? I like Kane Hodder. I like a good slasher movie, but then I don't know. I didn't think that was one that needed to be continued. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, dying yeah. for another. I love, I love the story. And if if you watch it, this is one of my facts. If you watch the first three Hatchet movies consecutively back to back without opening or end credits, it would be one uninterrupted storyline. Okay. So explain how it can be because it's a Friday the 13th type movie. So you know what happens to the bad guy. Right? Yeah, but you know, he, he dies. But how? No, so how do they? Oh, he doesn't. He, he just no. Lives? Yeah, they don't. They never. He's all. He's the. He's the man. They never get him. Oh, really? So he just runs around and kills everybody. And they never get him at the end. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't remember the movie. Probably didn't like it. Yeah, and this all is right. another thing I like about it. Uh, writer director Adam Green. Completely, you know, this is a, a new character. Like, this is never. Well, I don't. I don't think it was in any comic books. It was never in any books or anything. Like, he. This is a new character that he created for this franchise, and he has a no CGI rule for post production. The only CGI that's ever been used in any of his movies and uh, any of the Hatchet movies is to remove on screen wires and camera setups. So like all the makeup, all the everything, the special effects, everything that you see in the movies is all practical effects. There's no CGI, yeah, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's like the way. I mean, we've talked about it countless times on the show. That's like we love that shit. As as you're saying that now, I'm remembering why this stood out to me because yeah, because everything was moving to CGI at that time, and you know to have something that was still, you know, being traditional with practical effects. That was kind of a big deal. That's right. That's that's why I went to see Hatchet because I wanted to see something kind of old school. Yeah. So all of them, it says here, I'm going through Google, you know, it says, uh, is there going to be a Hatchet 5? So at least they got up to Hatchet 4. Yeah, there's, it was Hatchet, Hatchet, Hatchet 2, Hatchet 3. And then there was another one, Victor Crowley, where it sto- tells more of the story about, um, uh, I'm pretty sure it's been a long time since I saw that one, but I think it's like the story of his father and stuff. Okay. It also features uh, multiple appearances by other slasher villain icons, such as uh, Kane Hodder. He plays, he plays actually, he plays Victor Crowley's father in the movie. 
and he also plays um Hatchet, you know, Victor Victor Crowley. He plays the the killer. Uh Robert England is also in it. Tony Todd is also in it. R.A. Myhaloff, who played Leatherface, Derek Mears, who played Jason Voorhees in the reboot, Tyler Maine, who played Michael Myers in the 2007 Halloween remake, and uh, Felissa Rose is also in the one movie. Um, Did you say Danielle Harris? No, that's right. Yeah, she's in the yeah. first one. Yeah, I see her credited here. Was she in? Was she in Scream before this? When did Halloween Scream came out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she was a little kid, right? She was a kid in that. Yeah, yeah. So, right, right. She was in Halloween Four. She was a kid. So, yeah, it was definitely before that. It was definitely before this. I mean, right. And and Blake Woodruff. Blake Woodruff plays Zach. Can't forget Blake Woodruff. Don't worry, Blake. We remember you. Thanks, Bill. Right, so. <laughs> uh, two two more quick uh, little fun facts here. The T-shirt that they wear that the one person wears with an odd-looking smiley face on it is a logo for Newberry Comics, and that was a comic shop that Adam Green would go to as a kid. So it was a nod to them. Pretty cool. Pretty cool thing to do for your friends. Um, there's also a, one of the things I liked in it. There's this actor named Perry Shen that's in it. Um, he's He's been in all three Hatchet movies, and he was a different character in each one. Uh, in the first one, he was Sean, who was the swamp tour guide. In Hatchet 2, he played Justin, who was Sean's brother, the tour guide's brother. And then uh, in the third one, he played a paramedic named Andrew, and he's not related to Sean or Justin, but a joke is made about how one of the bodies looked like him. Because remember, I said uh, it's a continuation. Like it's a, so he he would have been one of the paramedics taking his own body out of the. <laughs> that shit, I li- I like shit like that. That's cool. Uh. It's like a Sharknado. I, I, everybody hates Sharknado. I love Sharknado. It's like yeah. so stupid. It's the same. They got guys that get cameos from guys that get killed in every movie, and they come back again, get eaten by another shark. Right, and that was like that. That's like a thing now. Like people seek out to be in Sharknado. Like they want to be. They want to be killed in Sharknado. Oh, they keep making those fucking movies. We're gonna be in Sharknado one day. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Any more on that? Nope, that's it. That's it for uh, Hatchet. All right. I think I got the last one, right? So I'm going to go through mine pretty quick. Right, I have, right? I still have one more. Okay. All right. So I put Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Great. Yeah, I had that actually on my list to start, and then I took it off. But, yeah, very good. Good call. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird. It's, it, it's, it's three strongly different movies. Well, four, really, right? Because, well, let's, let's go through each one. So Raiders of the Lost Ark put together. It's like... You know, those old serials that Steven Spielberg really liked. George Lucas's buddy helped with, I know he had something to do with it, you know, at least in producing or some kind of guidance, right? So it's a, it, it's a great 80s uh, show, movie with uh, some of the greatest 80s directors and, and, you know, creative minds going. They put together this masterpiece, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Everything is perfect about this movie. Everything is perfect about this movie. I heard somebody say to me once, he goes, this is a movie that the lead character had absolutely no bearing on. He could have not been in the character. I mean, he could have not been in the movie and the story would have still gone the way it went. <laughs> like he really did nothing <laughs> right at the end. The only way he won by, it was by closing his eyes and letting the ghost kill all the Nazis. Right. 
But if you think about it, if he did nothing, he still would have walked away with the ark. He still would have just showed up and picked it up and walked away. <laughs> so, but it was a great movie anyway. Then Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I don't know if, if Steven Spielberg was drunk. I don't know if he was taking mushrooms. I don't know. But this movie now all of a sudden is completely different. He's playing with the the times again. I think this is actually he becomes a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark for some reason. Uh, and it's like really just over the top and it's just silly. And even even uh, Spielberg looks back and goes, yeah, I don't like that movie. I don't know what I was thinking. Just having a bad six months. I don't know what's going on. And then he comes back, and he, which, by the way, that, that, that movie's great. As a kid who saw that in the theater, like, yeah, it's very different from Raiders, but it's perfect for a little, you know, kid, 10 year old kid. That, that's the one with, uh, that's the one with the, where he takes the heart out of the guy, right? Heart the out, second yeah. one, yeah. Oh, everybody at school, he, he pulls the heart out of a kid, out of a guy. He pulls the heart out and it beats, and the guy's still alive. They eat monkey brains. Like, I heard all this stuff. You know, until right now, I never knew that that was a prequel. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If I'm wrong, it's law. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember it being before the other ones. And then, uh, you know, so that one's got just tons of silly action and fun. Just the whole thing is great. And then part three comes out and it's got another different tone. Now you meet his dad. You meet, you know, uh, the father. Right. And he's so fucking good. The, the way that Sean Connery plays off Harrison Ford, it's one of the best pair up ever. Uh, you know, they were just so good at it. So fucking good at it. And, at, at, you know, running along with each other and just joking off each other. That's probably my favorite one. And then four came out. Right. It, it, it was OK. It missed the beat that, that it started so strong. It kind of did. Yeah. But it just missed something. I don't even know what it missed. I mean, it had that vermin in it. What would that guy's name? That that Shia LaBeouf. So he wasn't helping the thing. He was terrible because I just don't like him. So he ruins everything he's in. He's my Tom Cruise. Just because I don't like the guy. Like I now can't watch him in anything. <laughs> no. no, I can separate what I think about this guy from the from the character he played. But I just hated the character. I hated Indiana Jones's kid. I was hoping he got would get run over by a boulder or something. He hung around the whole fucking movie. He, oh, so Shia LaBeouf was his son in the movie? Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Whoops. Sorry, everybody, if you didn't see the Crystal Skulls or whatever. It was. They're, made, yeah. they're working on a fifth movie. They're, yeah, they're let's, still- hope they, let's hope they redeem themselves. Because, like, okay, going back to, you know, the the was that the third? No, that was the fourth one, the Crystal Skull. Going back to my, my childhood, like, the Indiana Jones movies were great because that shit – you know, for the most part, he was he was an archaeologist. You know, he was a cool archaeologist that went on cool adventures. Like for the most part, a lot of that shit could happen. You know, it was a little far fetched, but for the most part, it's pretty real. Fourth one, he finds a crystal, an alien crystal skull. Like, come on! Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just. Why not. is that? Wait a minute. He reached into this guy, pulled his heart out, and and the guy lived. I mean, you that can happen, but aliens can happen too. <laughs> you know? I'm not so upset with the aliens. It just it just wasn't a good movie. It just didn't. It, it wasn't exciting. It didn't have the magic the others had. See, I thought it was. I mean, I thought there were there, there was a lot of exciting parts for the fight scenes and stuff like that. You know, yeah. It's yeah. just the the what he found was 
a glass alien skull. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's like, woohoo. Was <laughs> is that uh, that's uh, Dan Aykroyd's vodka bottle? Oh, is it? Is that the- <laughs> all this time later? We finally learned that it was a big tie-in. That- <laughs> it was a big thank you that Steven Spielberg was playing to uh, his buddy, his buddy's vodka brand. So they're talking about Indiana Jones Five. What will what will the plot be about? There's almost nothing really going on here. I haven't done great. Taught me nothing. I mean, it's still being made. Still being fucking made. Oh, good. It's good. There's a big picture of that. Kathleen Kennedy, the one who fucked up all the Star Wars stuff. Good. Good. Put her on. Put her in charge. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope that picture doesn't mean she's involved, but she probably is involved. Great. It's all going to suck now. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Oh, well, Indiana Jones. Let him come back. Let's do one more. Why the fuck not? We can't really end this thing with four. So five just has to be better. Let's let's yeah. round this sucker out. Yeah, but five. If they're gone the way that it looks like they're going to be gone, Shia LaBeouf is going to be playing Indiana Jones, and he's going to be the Sean Connery. Harrison Ford's going to be the Sean Connery character. Oh man, there can't be no way. Isn't Shia LaBeouf out of Hollywood? Didn't they kick him out? Isn't he out? Well, Does anyone hire him? Well, we haven't kicked him out of Hollywood yet, so it's not. Stamped yet? Oh yeah, watch this. You're out of Hollywood. Got him, got him, got him before you could protect them. Now they're gonna have to get somebody else to play in these kids. Yes, I love being in like laws of of entertainment. Love it. All right, Bill. Last one here. I know we're way over time here for you. My last uh, franchise, Child's Play. Okay, Child. Chucky franchise. Yeah, based on the My Buddy doll. You were a little, you were a little old for the My Buddy doll, weren't you? No, that that was I was the sweet spot. Yeah, when my buddy came out. It was my buddy and kid sister. I remember they had a kid <laughs> yeah, sister yeah, version yeah. of my buddy about a year later. Yeah, so I remember having the uh, the My Buddy doll when I was a kid. Actually, if I can find it, I'll pop a picture up for this uh, video. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a picture of me laying on my dad's stomach with when I was a kid with the My Buddy doll, <laughs> and uh, my dad looks thrilled. Um, so the working title for the movie was actually blood buddy but uh they couldn't they couldn't get around the uh the rights to that ed gale he was a little person he was actually hired to play chucky for the fire scene um and since he was actually around 30 percent taller than the doll the filmmakers created a living room stage that was 30 percent bigger than Oh, normal. That adorable. <laughs> yeah. And they actually set him on fire. So something cool I found out about researching for the, the child's play franchise here, which I'm going to have to go back and watch, which well, I'm going to have to go watch. Cause I've never seen them. I didn't know they existed. Um, there's something from June 7th, 2005. It's called Chucky's vacation slides. And this is actually a 2004 short film starring Chucky, and it's a tie-in to the 2004 film Seed of Chucky's, uh, and they use the dolls in it for this uh, short film. And it's actually him and Tiffany with Glenn. You remember Glenn the from Seed of Chucky? He no. was the he was the, it was after Bride of Chucky, then there was Seed of Chucky, and they had Glenn. Glenn's but the they baby. weren't sure if it was Glenn or Glenda. 
Oh, um, right. Yeah, I do remember now. <laughs> and um, they find that they're going through it, and they find that Chucky has murdered several people, getting Tiffany angry, and then uh, Glenn walks out in disgust. They walk back in. Chucky ordered pizza and hacks the pizza delivery guy up. Um, there's also another one that I found here that I didn't know existed. It's called Chucky Invades, and it's four short videos of him um, invading other horror movies, The Purge, Psycho, Mama, and Drag Me to Hell, and they're promotional videos for The Curse of Chucky that came out in 2013. I never saw any of those. Yeah, me neither. And uh, then there was uh, the remake in 2019, which I it's a good movie. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. I'm just not a fan of it as far as, you know, they completely, you know, I always liked the story of Child's Play, how he he was being killed and murdered and he put his, or he, he was dying and he put his soul into the doll, mm-hmm. you know? This in the remake, he was. If you haven't seen it, sorry, spoils spoiler alert. That there's a programmer that is just not happy with his job, and he programs the doll to be evil. Not cool. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of that movie, and I don't think Don Mancini, the original writer and director of the series, was happy with it either. Because in the last couple of years now, there's been a Chucky series on the USA Network that he went back to writing, which actually brings back all the characters from the movies and the original storyline of the doll, which, I mean, the show has been awesome. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, it's a really good show. Sadly, I punched out. I, I, I will finish it one day. It's going back to last week's episode. Just some of these shows are just dragging too long. You don't need to make the Chucky show 10 episodes a year. You can make it five. And I'll be even happier. I don't need it stretched out. I just need the good stuff. Yeah, see, I like, I mean, when I'm when I'm into something, I, I don't mind. Like we talked about this last week. If I'm into something, I don't mind if it's a long series, you know? Yeah, well, you don't have good taste. <laughs> hey, do you see what's working good now? Yeah, I see it. I see it. Your trigger finger is really working good now. So this was this was really cool. Some really cool stuff that I found out here about uh, Chucky which I don't know if I'm sure it's been done for other characters, but in 1990, Chucky was a presenter at the first annual horror hall of fame. He was also on an episode of WCW Monday night nitro interrupting Rick Steiner and Gene Okerlund's interview to promote his new movie bride of Chucky tying back into the wrestling. So you're going to say he came out into the ring, body slam Brock Lesnar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the fuck did he do that? Brock Lesnar wasn't wrestling at the time, Bill. Chucky promoted Bride of Chucky during Saturday Night Live's weekend update in 1998 while discussing the Clinton impeachment proceedings. (laughs) Chucky appeared in an interview with film journalist Jim Moret, showing off his lost audition tapes to promote The Seed of Chucky. Chucky and Jennifer Tilly promoted The Seed of Chucky on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, He was interviewed by Maxim Magazine. He appeared in a 2014 Super Bowl commercial. He was in the 2000 movie, 2018 movie Ready Player One. Uh, He was also in a commercial to promote the 2021 movie Halloween Kills. 
Really? Yeah. He did a crossover to promote Halloween. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure, like, Jason, I'm sure they've done that with other characters and stuff, but uh, I, think, I think that's pretty I cool. I remember the, the Brock Lesnar match, but. Uh, well, Brock Lesnar is the same age as me, mm. which puts him in high school in 1998. Yeah, that's so where they met. They, they, was, they, got, <laughs> they didn't get along. <laughs> I don't even know who Brock Lesnar is. That's the name that popped into my head when I was reaching, <laughs> reaching for a wrestler's name. <laughs> the first name that popped into my head was Von Hayes. He was a Philadelphia <laughs> in the 80s. And I was going to say Von Hayes. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a wrestler. That's a Philly. <laughs> all right, all right. Chucky, right, right. You are a big Chucky. Oh, real quick, though, before we wrap up, I do have – um, we got, uh, we got quite a few on our, uh, Facebook group. Please go over there and join us. Cause, uh, I'll post all, I post stuff all the time. So Ron from the barrel age flicks podcast, uh, he likes Indiana Jones, pirates of the Caribbean and the planet of the apes franchise. Mm. Uh, our friend Rocco, he's a big star Wars guy like you. He likes the Godfather series, which I'm, we talked about this at the beginning. Uh, that's I think a trilogy. We've put the stamp on that. Um, John Wick and Lord of the Rings. Jason Summit. He likes Indiana Jones, James Bond, Star Wars, Mission Impossible, The Expendables, Rambo, uh, and Rocky. Rambo is another good one by Sly. Think about that. Sly has two. And if I guess I I think the Expendables, I think there might only be three Expendable movies. I'm not a fan of those movies, but I think that might be considered a trilogy. Oh, he's going to blast you in social. He's not going (laughs) to like that answer. (laughs) But, yeah, Sylvester Stallone has two franchises under his belt. Mm. Under his belt. Rambo and Rocky. And then uh, Patrick Harney says Star Wars, Iron Man, Captain America, uh, which you could... I mean, they're in the Marvel Cinematic franchise. The Oceans, he even wrote Oceans Trilogy. So, I mean, come on, Patrick. You know that that's not a franchise. You you wrote Trilogy. Uh, Indiana Jones and Lethal Weapon. They're going, they, we're making them their <laughs> definition. You know, you probably just pissed at like, This son of a bitch. I can't even respond. I'm yelling at my radio. Ah, trilogy doesn't have a fucking franchise, motherfucker. That's great. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been fun. We should get more consistent now. I think most of my vacations, I think all my vacations are done. You got any coming up? I have a week of vacation left, but I'm not sure what we're doing. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be consistently putting these out. And uh, stay tuned. I have a couple on-the-road things coming up. And uh, just real quick. You know, you can find us over at deluxeedition.show. We're part of the Deluxe Edition Network. You can find all the other great shows over at theden.show. Please vote for us at podcastawards.com. We're in the People's Choice category and the TV and film category. And you can also find us over on Instagram and Twitter at Deluxe Edition Pod. And we have merch over at whatamaneuver.com. Because everybody can spell maneuver. <laughs> I know I can't. We, we always make everything real hard, so you have to go to our website. We always make it. <laughs> yeah, if you're, at, 
Even our Twitter links we got wrong. Our our Instagram links, like, you have them misspelled. Like, we make everything hard. It's fun. (laughs) It's fun to fuck with our audience. (laughs) They're misspelled for a reason. I ran out of characters. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to have to change the name of the show if we wanted to, uh, if we wanted to make that, if we wanted to have a Twitter and Instagram name that, you know, was spelled right. (laughs) Right. So we decided to just go with the misspelling. Like, who could get this wrong, right? Who was just going to fuck up? Everybody. Everybody. Nobody could find it. Just tell your friends. Vote for us. We're a word of mouth show. Yep. All right, buddy. This was fun. Yep. Till next time. Plan.